Coming up on Supernatural Confessions. What I did was I basically unplugged the phone. And you know when you unplug a phone from the wall, it's not supposed to ring, right? So what happened next was it started to ring. Fire. Supernatural Confessions. Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Confessions, our weekly podcast where we feature and discuss all things supernatural, especially here in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We cover the myths, the urban legends, the superstitions, and most importantly, your personal encounters with the paranormal. I'm your host, Timo, inviting you to share your stories with us on our Facebook page or on our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. This episode features clips from our live show, which I host of Supernatural Confessions founder, Eugene Tay, streaming Friday nights at 10 on FB Live. To catch it in full, search for Supernatural Confessions and like us on Facebook. And now, on to the show. Supernatural Confessions. Our first confession comes from Nizam, involving a face-to-face encounter with a pochong. But first, a brief description of this particular creature. So the pochong is basically a trapped soul in a burial shroud. So this is very famous in Malaysia, Indonesia folklore. This is how they bury the dead, in a wrap around in a white cloth. And you know, with any of this folklore, when the dead comes back to life, they come back with their burial shroud. In the Chinese, you have the Qiangsi. In Indonesia and Malaysia, you have the Pochong. It comes out in a burial shroud, but because it's all tied up, it hops around, right? And people who have seen it uh, has claimed that it moves very, very fast and it's very real. And that is why at the start of uh, this COVID-19 circuit breaker lockdown, in one of the episodes, we actually showcase how Indonesians and Malaysians the methods they use to get people to stay at home and they dress up actors as pochong to hop around. So the fear, the legend of pochong is very real to these people. And today we are hearing a story about how someone fought this guy off. You want to hear one story? Right? I think uh, that story went went on Facebook Live, but then a few hours later, then Facebook brought it down. Why? We suspect that people complain. Mm. My friends, he went to Bukit Timah, Dairy Farm, Dairy Farm. Dairy Farm. Mm. Okay. They wanted to find durian at night, so these two guys went. One of the guy, halfway going in, he said, hey, "I don't feel good. Come, let's let's make you turn." But my the other friend, he's not scared of of this sort of things. See. So he said, never mind, if you, if, you, if you don't feel good, you just make a U-turn, you just wait at the van. Mm. So he went off and this guy went in. Mm. So halfway going in, he saw a white figure in front of him. But in between the white figure, there was a big log, ah. you know. So when he looked up, he saw it was a pochong. Oh. Ah. So he took out his phone, he turned on the Facebook Live. Ah. Then he was asking, are you seeing what, what I'm seeing in, in, in Malay? Uh-huh. Then they will say, hey, that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him. So he did talk to this pochong, you know? He talked to the pochong? He talked to the pochong, but then the pochong did not respond. Uh-huh. He, just, he, he was talking to the pochong, he was, he was saying like, hey, you on earth, you're just a visitor. I'm the one supposed to be on earth. You are a ghost. Then he take up a wood, I'm a gangster. He 
throw the wood at the pochong actually. Oh shit! <laughs> serious, <laughs> serious. Your serious. friend got <laughs> balls of steel. I see that. Even live on 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 Facebook, you know, you can really see the red the red pochong, you know, down there, you know. He say, "You are a ghost. I'm a gangster." He took the wood. He throw. He throw the wood at the pochong. And then he went through the the pochong. Wow. <laughs> and then and, and the pochong disappear or stand there or the hop away or what, what happened? No, no, it disappear. Pochong, pochong doesn't doesn't hop lah. Oh, so not like what people say lah. The pochong is like they hop, hop, hop. <laughs> nah, it doesn't hop lah. You like soup, soup, soup. It be gone lah. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seen a pochong once in my life, and I know that it it doesn't hop. It just it's almost like it teleports. It teleports. Ah uh, yes, yeah. correct, 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 mm. correct. It moves, it moves super fast, like yeah. it's like teleporting. Yes, yeah. uh, that's what it is, lah. The, the thing just went away, <laughs> and and he carry on fighting for durian. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom expressed just true story, by the way, bro. Uh, it happened when I was about 19 years old, and this was in Cispec Camp Two. This was in. I think 2000 pre-1999 mm-hmm. and I was in CISPEC doing guard duty MO dump the MO dump is pink in colour it's about 1km from the MO base and we were there doing guard duty at night and I saw on the CCTV there is a white figure that teleports from it, it wiggle 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 it teleports here it teleports there it moves all around the, the, the place in the compound itself and mm-hmm. I saw it and I go eh sergeant sergeant got hantu ah sergeant <laughs> they very good Go and check. <laughs> What? <laughs> so me and my buddy, we were like, oh yeah, we 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 strapped on our rifle. We had a one kilometer walk, maybe even two hundred meters walk to the MO dump, and then mm. I radio back say, Sergeant, nothing. I can't see. Ah, can we go back now? <laughs> I was quite far. He's like, Tay, go a further in. Go further. Sergeant, really cannot see anything. Tay, go further. I walk all the way up to the gate. Sergeant, I really cannot see anything. Nothing here, Sergeant. Then he laughed so hard. He say, "Come back, come back, come back, come back." So I came back. Better, betterly orders, orders, Sergeant, and everyone. BOS was all there already, and they replayed the tape. Uh, this was when I think uh, in t- they they called another department to come down because it's it's security breach, but we cannot find anything, right? So mm. I replayed the video. I saw myself walking towards the gate. And actually, the pochong is right on the other side of the fence, and I couldn't see it with my eyes. And the tape was removed, brought back to Gomba, and nothing was heard of that case ever again. Our next confession was submitted by Nori Yuki, with thanks to Radio DJ Kim Anton for lending her voice to the story. A couple of years ago, my mother and I moved into a four-bedroom BTO housing estate in Yishun. When renovations were complete and we were finally able to move in, weird things started happening. It started with the sensor lights we installed at the entrance of the house. There was one night when my mother and I were showing my aunt and uncle around the house. From the hallway leading into my living room, we could see the entrance of the house, and that's when we saw the lights suddenly come on. I immediately turned to my aunt who was walking right behind me and said, "You saw that, right?" I wasn't the only one that saw it, right? And she nodded in approval. We assumed that maybe something had triggered the sensor, like perhaps my cat. So we tried to get the cats to walk under the area of the lights, but it failed to trigger the sensor. The light did not switch on. I even crawled under the same area, and it still didn't trigger it to switch on. We were certain then that whatever it was had to be of a certain height to trigger it. 
After that incident, my mother bought an Akira speaker for our television. And there were two instances whereby we came home at night to it being mysteriously switched on to the radio setting and only static white noise could be heard. On another occasion, we came home to the television on when we were sure that we had switched it off. Once, I even remember seeing a figure walk into the room thinking that it was my mother, then realizing it wasn't. Other times, my mother would think I'd come home because she heard my voice in the house. She also would often complain of a foul smell coming from her room and toilet. It got so bad that I developed insomnia because I would be too frightened to sleep. That's because I could hear people walking to and fro in the hallway. I was also afraid of watching TV in the living room till late at night because I would hear something making noises in the kitchen and feel like something was watching me from the corner of the cabinets. After three years of living in the house, I told my mother that we had to do something about it because being in the house had become very uncomfortable and stressful. We eventually got a relative of ours, my uncle, from Indonesia to come over, recite some prayers and cleanse the house. When he came over, we went all around the house, particularly my mother's room, with a pail of water. He would say a prayer and spray the walls, and for seven days continuously, we had to mop the floors to form a sort of protective barrier. We found out later from my uncle that the presence was male and very old. Ever since the cleansing, the weird things have luckily stopped, and we've been living peacefully in our home. This is of all the classic signs of a hantu haunting. First, the mm. foul smell in the room. Anyone who has any experience with the supernatural would know smell or foul smell is usually one of the signs. Electronics turning on, turning off, movement, lights going up and going off and on is all very common with in line with supernatural haunting. Now, the question that I have for this is what kind of haunting this is? We all believe this is a haunting. Most of us do actually. But what kind of haunting is this? My sense when I hear it is that old man, it might be a previous tenant of the place whose spirit has been there and want to chase them out. So he's not really malicious in a way that he could harm them, but he could try to scare them away. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, to... I, this may be it, but maybe as not as uh, I'm not so convinced about this as I am with the first one. Is maybe is a guardian of the house, so trying to tell yeah. them that we are there. I'm here to protect you. I'm moving around, but the residents who are just fearful of supernatural activities starts mm. to really panic in a way that is not what the spirit or the entity wants them to feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think for a lot of times, whenever you, whenever you see stuff that you don't understand, mm -hmm. right? When you see, um, you know, uh, situations or experiences supernatural in nature, you automatically assume it's got malicious motivations yeah. or evil intents, right? But I mean, just listening to Kim's story, there wasn't anything I like. I'm I didn't feel like anybody was. At, at risk of being harmed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, lights flicker, you know, sometimes the radio might come on, you hear yeah. sounds, but, you know, it's not like you saw uh, a cabinet suddenly fall and then, yeah. like, you missed it by just yeah, that much, I know, right? Yeah, like that. And, and so, for all you know, you know, mm. we've also spoken about how some spirits, they, they want attention, yeah, right? Yeah. They, they want acknowledgement and maybe that's just how they're trying to communicate with you. So, that's my takeaway from this story. I do not feel they were harmed in any way or they were threatened. It was actually a 
maybe not so much a benevolent spirit but definitely not a malevolent one and last week we talked about Kumantong remember the the child yeah. spirit there's a different variation of uh, child spirit so the evil one the good one so Kumantong is generally used for good ones uh, to do mm. to, to gain merit to do good things and you help them ascend so if you keep Kumantong it again is very common for lights to go off and on marble to be to roll around uh doors opening and closing at night so all this actually very common doesn't mean that just because there's a paranormal activities it must mean that it's a bad thing so in the case of this last story that I heard in this last confession I felt mm. that the poor spirit was being chased away it's not a very nice thing for the spirit uh, but yeah yeah. but then a human we want to live in peace when we don't know we get frightened we're not at peace then that spirit is not doing us any benefit as well. Veteran paranormal investigator E.T. also joins us to provide his own analysis on Noriyuki's encounter. At first glance, with the motion detector lights, the sensor going off and stuff like that, the first thing that came to my mind was probably the sensor's not working. I mean, this is a pretty common thing. Uh, my friends uh, that does uh, electrical installation have told me before that sensors sometimes do not work. And, and you know, they are faulty ones and they do cause the lights to turn on and off. But then what's intriguing is there are other things as well. Um, the TV going on and off, um, the radio smell and stuff like that. Come to think about it, this is not the first time in the past weeks we've actually had a few paranormal activity with radio being turned on and have white noise. Could it be a form of a communication? Mm, we really don't know. But some theories, some paranormal theories, do say that, that that's what the, the, the entities are trying to communicate with us. And they also show that what's happening here, mm, something more than what science can explain, because multiple things actually happen. There's a chance that EMF can cause all these things. But then again, she saw the figure. And then there was a smell. And then the whole multitude of things happening here and there. Um, all I can say was that she and her family were really, really brave. That they stayed there for three years before they actually got someone to come down and check and eventually cleanse the place. Mm, my conclusion, it does to me, uh, with the info given, it does sound like a genuine haunting. Because there was sound, smell, electronic things going on and off. Then again, this could be in line with the paranormal theory that entities generate EMF. So with all these things happening, it's not so much that they physically turn on and off the electrical stuff, but the EMF that they generate causes electronical appliances to malfunction or switch on and off. You are not alone. Supernatural Confessions Our main story features an interview Eugene conducted with Vanya, over the years, we've heard plenty of tales involving haunted hotel rooms. The standard advice when encountering entities is to ignore them in hopes they leave us alone. But this story involves something that just won't shut up. Okay, so I guess the one that um, is worth mentioning um, would be something that happened to me in 2004. Um, I mean, besides the fact that it was, a, it was spooky, um, the main thing was that it happened actually on Christmas Day itself, mm-hmm. on the 25th of December 2004, which a lot of people do remember because the next day was uh, the huge tsunami that mm-hmm. hit uh, Phuket and, you know, the whole coastal areas, right? Yeah. Um, but what happened that night was something that I unfortunately can never, ever forget and will never. So I was on a holiday with uh, my then-boyfriend and my sister, and so my sister and I were sharing a room. Mm. In the middle of the night, um, 
I was awakened by the bright light from the phone. Yeah. You know, those days, I'm not too sure now, but um, hotel phones could, um, you know, you could record a message on your hotel phones. Mm. And then if someone was to, you know, send you a message, there's a, a red light that would flash yeah. on, on the phone, right? So there was a huge, the, the, the red light was just so glaring that I actually woke up. Mm. So I called the reception and said, hey, is there a message for me? Say, no, there's no message for you. So, okay, so I decided to put on the phone. But the bright light was still there and it was really disturbing me. Mm. So what I did was I basically unplugged the phone hmm. the wall and I, you know, tried to go back to sleep. And funny enough, the light went back on again. Could this be a malfunction, a technical error? Yeah. The phone is spoiled. Um, and you know when you unplug a phone from the wall? Yeah. Um, it's not supposed to ring, right? So what happened <laughs> next was it started to ring. Oh. And I thought maybe I unplugged the wrong, you know, phone, wire or whatnot. Because this is this is like 2 a.m. in the morning, right? Yeah. I picked up and I was like, hello. And I didn't hear anything. I just heard heavy breathing sounds. So like, heavy breathing sounds, right? And it did not come across to me as anything supernatural. So I just slammed down the phone. And I ringed again. And I basically, you know, shouted every single vulgarity I could think of. And they, you know, stop, stop, stop being a prank, right? Like, this is just definitely a prankster, right? Yeah. And then the the heavy breathing still went on. And then it followed by a really spooky giggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much that sound effect that you just made. And again, I thought, you know what? Whatever. And I just slammed on the phone. So the third time it rang, and I was like, you know, I was like, what this is ridiculous I'm not going to talk to you so I was like looking through the wires and everything I was like wait it's unplugged and I was like you know, and again I wasn't really thinking straight so I literally unplugged the one that you know comes with the handle yeah the handset yeah. The, the curly curly part yeah exactly so I unplugged that as well and then the phone didn't ring but my door opened oh my god your oh, hotel my, door which is my locked my hotel door opened which was locked alright it opened with the you know the the, the, the typical like movie squeaking sound <laughs> and then it slammed oh. and I looked and there was nothing but so you know when you come into a hotel room um, the the floor is normally not carpeted at the the front portion where it's you know where the toilet is and everything right so it's like yeah. it was wooden planks right and then so I heard the I heard footsteps alright and then I obviously I then got spooked out and this time my sister was still sound asleep alright next to me and so there was a wall basically so basically this is your sort of like this is your the door there's the wall hmm. um, right and next thing I knew I saw two shadows two hands at the wall okay and so that's when I started freaking out, right? Obviously. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I just kept telling. I said, you know what? Go away. Like, just go away. Like, don't disturb me. I didn't. I didn't mean to disturb you. Just go away. Mm. And then, that's when I saw a shadow of a, a head. So it was like two hands and a head, right? And started the same giggle as the one I heard on the phone. So I knew I was in trouble, right? And then, so I hide under my sheets and prayed. Every single prayer I could think of, from Hail Mary to our Father to everything that, you know, and I'm not the holiest person, but I was like praying to God, like just for that thing to leave me alone. And it just kept giggling. Mm. And my sister, being a heavy sleeper, she she didn't really work, but she's like, she's like, yeah, can you be quiet? 
And I didn't dare to wake her up and scare her. So I just basically shivered under the sheets by myself. And um, it was it really went for a very long time. To a point where your fear just became anger. So I started shouting and hit telling him to go away. And I said, you know, I'm not going to be scared of you. So I started, I turned on the TV. And I still remember it was fashion TV. It was like the really old, you know, the F sign fashion TV. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore you and I'm just going to watch TV. And what it did was it actually turned on and off my TV. Wow, this is extremely active. Extremely active. So it turned on and off my... And then I was like, okay, you know what? Sorry, I'm sorry for being angry. And I went back to hide under my sheets. And I think it went on and on for a couple of hours till sunrise. And you stayed there under your sheets all along with this I haunting... I couldn't run away to the door, right? It was at the door. But you couldn't see the rest of the body. You just saw the head. But no, do you see the not... eyes or anything else? No, no, it was just a shadow of a head and two hands. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't see too much, but I could tell it was a man. And it was there the last few hours until sunshine. Until, until sunrise. Until the first glimpse of sunlight. And then it literally just giggled. And then I heard the footsteps again. And then the door opened and slammed. And at this point, my sister woke up. I was like, why are you slamming the door for? And then I was like, I'm next to you. Do I look like I could have slammed the door? Do you know what I mean? And then that's when she started freaking out. And I was like, you know what? It's gone. <laughs> um, and I think that the, the thing is, so the next day, uh, I tried to change rooms, right? But yeah. then the tsunami happened. So there are a lot of people fleeing to get coming in. Um, but the housekeeper, uh, this old lady, she she didn't speak English. But what she came, she actually came to my room, um, blabbered something in Thai, and opened the drawer next to, uh, next to our bed. And there was talismans in there. Mm. And she just told me, like she pointed to me, this room, like, no good. And... And she even volunteered, and she, she and other staff volunteered to take my mattress. We moved it to my boyfriend's room so we could sleep there because we couldn't, you know, change our our room. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then the next day they just put another talisman on the on the door. So wait, let me let me try to get this story part. Uh, this story uh, clarified. So you mm-hmm. next morning after the whole ordeal, you went down to get your room changed. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't ask any questions. They, in fact, they followed you up to the room. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they told me, like, look, we can't change the room. Uh-huh. Um, but then we're happy to help you, you know, move to, to your, your boyfriend's room. And, they, and then I was like, okay. But, like, and I thought, you know, they would normally give you, like, those, uh, like, the base of the bed, you know, those foldable beds. Yes, yeah. Um, and then that's when the housekeeping came to my room. Oh, okay. This room is just... No, so she right. knows something. She knows. She's an old lady. She was just pointing and she just kept like, you know, doing all this calls and hand signals. And then she opened the drawer. And then when you see talisman in the drawer of any hotel room, you know you're in trouble already. <laughs> do you knock on the door when you enter? Do you, you know, do you, it was, do you do the customary Asian thing of, excuse no, me? I mean, this was in 2004 when I was young and stupid. So I didn't do any of that. But it definitely changed the way I approach every single hotel room ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the kind who I'll be very skeptical if the room has that wooden floor in front. I'll try to put like a towel, uh, knock on the room door before I come in and say, "Hey, I'm just coming here for a night." But um, so I've been doing that ever since. Would it be possible? Again, I'm trying to just find find ways to explain it away because these mm-hmm. things that these are things that people would would try to jump to conclusion, right? To try to force reason into stories. Could it be someone, maybe a housekeeping staff, 
who opened the door, who had access to your room, came in and mm. you know decide to be cheeky and look look at you sleep. No, I, I wish, but because of where the door was mm-hmm. and where the shadow was cast, there was no way someone could have been there. Mm. Or, as in, you know how, like, if you're sleeping on, so basically there's twin bed, right? Yes. And then there's, uh, that, that, there's that, that, that wall, right? Yeah. So in order for a shadow to be cast, you need that, that light, right? Coming yeah. In. And when you shine that light, that's where the shadow is cast, and so you should be able to see the object next to it. But there was no object next to it. <laughs> Oh, wow. So that's all. That's you know. I mean, I I wish it was someone playing a prank, honestly. Um, but it wasn't. Um, and yeah, and and you know, when people tell me you know things happen at night and you know it goes away and do like now I totally believe. Yeah, and you and throughout the time from the time you saw that and a couple of hours where you mm. you stayed up till the first light of day. Mm. Yeah. You didn't fall asleep. It was not you dreaming. It was you fully awake. Yeah, I mean, I honestly wish I was asleep because to the point where you get really tired, right? It's 2am in, in the night, right? Yeah. And, and I was praying, I was watching TV, I was like dozing off and I woke up and the guy is still, the, the guy, the guy is still laughing and my sister is still nudging me, it can be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you wake your sister up? I mean, if I was in that position, I would wake the whole hotel up already by then. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I, okay, I guess at that point of time, the big sister instinct came in inside mm-hmm. me where I said, look, I'm not going to... Because it's, 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 at the posi- it's at the wall where my sister was at. Yeah. So I didn't want to oh, wake up. It was closer to your sister than it... It was closer than my sister than to me. Oh my goodness. So I was the side nearer to the window. She's the side where the wall is. So your sister is just blessed being a heavy sleeper and not, not knowing all this. Yeah. Not the other, it was me who was just making noises. And, and the other scary thing that I can think of right now is how many times have we been in haunted hotels where we don't know, we sleep through it, right through it, yeah. and maybe there's a shadow guy standing beside our wall giggling and we just sleep right through that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard many stories um, um, back in the days where I was a S stewardess, so we used to stay in min- numerous hotels around the world. Yeah. Um, where we've seen things like you sleep throughout the night, you wake up in the morning and there's an uh, ashtray next to you food with food, but maybe you're not a smoker. And that, that, that sounds almost very human-like, you know? I don't, like, how do you, how do you even try to reason out that a ghost smokes and then crush out a cigarette butt by your road? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it that's, unfortunately for me, I had two, uh, situations where I sort of like encountered something. So one was the, the most, the scariest one that happened to me was in Bangkok. The second one that happened to me was actually in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, I didn't see anything. I was I was aware that the hotel was haunted by the many stories I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, but my bed literally just slammed against the window. Like you're sleeping on a queen size bed and the bed just slammed against the window. I remember I, I woke up and I was opening my door and just nice my friend was outside my door saying can she come to my room and sleep because her cousin kept opening and closing wow okay. so, and then we were like it was, so, it was so sad because we actually were standing at the hallway thinking which room should we sleep in like, <laughs> both, you, well, both your rooms are haunted both are haunted which one was the one, which one was like not the least scary one I was like my whole bed so I think they are more powerful let's just sleep in the one where the curtains just open and close so we continue sleeping there like yeah which is really weird like you know when you're really tired you're not really thinking straight you just do what you think is right 
yeah. at that point of time. But yeah, that's, that's the two things that happened to me. I touch wood, nothing, I'm hoping that nothing ever happens again. And in Melbourne, was that for vacation or for as a, oh, a student? As a student. So we normally just exchange our, like, you know, ghost stories when yeah. we check out. But it happens to everyone. And, and you didn't check whether the, the the curtains had an automatic, you know, open and close function. No, I didn't advance at that point of time. <laughs> and how heavy was the bed? Like when you say the bed slammed against the window. The whole entire queen size bed that slammed against it. Would you, do you try pushing it back? Could you, could you push no, it back on your... No, my instinct was to run out of the room, let don't disturb and move the bed back, right? <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything under the bed when the bed moved? Like maybe the, I the didn't want. Wall? I didn't want to check. I just ran for my life. When the it, it mean, imagine a whole queen size bed just move and slam against the, the you know the full length mirror, yeah. the full length window. So no, I'm not staying to check and investigate. So I just you know ran. And you didn't ask the, the concierge or the no bother like that. That was it's known as a like a haunted hotel. I and mean, you know what they were just they did say when you check in, there's no changing of rooms. Yeah. Okay, well, can you can you remember the names of those hotels? I'd rather not say those names of the hotels. I can tell you roughly where it is. So the one in Bangkok was a uh, small hotel that was near Chinatown. Okay. Uh, the one in Melbourne was one that was, um, I think it was, was a previous prison or something because it was a really odd-shaped looking building, but it's next to the Melbourne Tower. Previous prison. Okay. Yeah. probably yeah. some histories there, you know, some history sure. there, sure. hanging cases, uh, execution. Yeah. Yeah, we can take this off air where you can tell me the name of the hotel and I will send my <laughs> investigation team there to stay overnight. Sure, <laughs> sure. Anyway, Vania, thank you for your story. If you have any more, I mean, I wish you I wish you all the best and that you won't have any more experiences. But Yeah, I wish that too. <laughs> in, that, in that same breath, I also wish that you would have more stories so that you can come back and tell us. <laughs> but have a, have a good week ahead uh, and thank, thank you for coming you. on the show. No worries, no worries. Thanks for having me here. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was a very interesting story. Um, it's really interesting to note that the night that all this uh, paranormal activity that uh, occurred um, happened just the day that the tsunami in 2004 was going to happen. It's been documented that uh, many animals actually have uh, strange behaviors just before it's drunk. Dogs that love to run around actually refuse to go outdoors. Uh, elephants trumpeted and actually ran for higher ground. Zoo animals rushed for their shelters. So I'm just thinking on a whole, um, could it be a case where the entity was trying to communicate with her? Um, it's a compelling case as um, you know she actually heard heavy breathing and eerie laughing on the phone even though the phone was unplugged and she ensured it like twice she even plugged out the other you know that that bungee cord part of the the phone and she still hear, heard this um, breathing and eerie laughing uh, many times um, in research it's been known that some people do not actually experience real voices they hear sounds something they can't really interpret um, somewhat a bit like a uh, I think it was William's case where the radio was on, they, they heard some sounds but couldn't really make out what, what it was. Yeah, it's been said that sometimes it's an entity actually trying to communicate with you. And then the other thing that happened, her door was locked and somehow it seemed like the entity entered. Well, from the shadows that it cast, she was quite certain it wasn't her boyfriend or any other guest because the shadows was on the wall, right? It started with two hands and then suddenly a hit. So 
if you really try and dissect that, if it's a real person, the, the shadow would just appear full and not just hands first and then head first. And, and from the way she said the light was cast, it's impossible for you know the shadow to be there. So I guess we kind of have to rule out that it was a real person. Although, being Christmas, there might be some fellas that went out hard partying and then sometimes hotels do make mistake uh, and give and give the wrong key and then just by some chance manage to unlock the door but, but that's a very very remote chance but it's Christmas you know with all the parties you never know and I have to say you know that uh, she's really brave that she with all those things that happened she was actually she continued con- communicating with the entity Right, uh, it actually led to somewhat of a mini quarrel over the TV where she like, oh no, I'm going to watch TV and then the entity kind of switched it off and then switched it on again. Uh, I think even if it was me, I would definitely be freaked out. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, these things that happen, sometimes we may have interpreted the signals wrongly. Maybe it was not so much trying to scare her, but maybe it was trying to say something. It's trying to communicate, which is why sometimes in paranormal uh, activity, there's high spikes in EMF uh, uh, fluctuation. Uh, yes, everyone, please take a drink. So the thing with EMF is, um, you know, it's been said that there's a theory that entities sometimes emit or cause that fluctuation in EMF, and that could have caused the TV being switched on and off. Maybe it's a form of a signal or something like that, or some form of communication we really don't know. Um, but it may not be just what we think of as always oh, trying to scare us and stuff like that. So, could it be that all this communication he was trying to tell her, hey, you know, there's an impending tsunami coming, maybe, you know, you need to go and warn the rest of the people. We never know because it seems like, you know, maybe they find her someone that's a bit more sensitive. It's possible to actually communicate with her. Um, and what's interesting is this so-called communication, she continued all the way into daylight. So, I mean, anyone in her situation would be really, really scared. Um, also, why I think this is a legit paranormal experience on two counts. One, her sister was with her and the sister was, sounds like the Tido Maki type. You know, a bit like, like my son. Sleep, huh? bomb drop also cannot wake up. But the sister actually heard the sounds that the entity created. So, it was not just one person that, you know, might have made, made a mistake. There was some sort of verification where another person also heard the same noise and it was not done by uh, by her but i think the best indication came from the reaction of the housekeeper i mean these people clean the place even though they don't live there overnight i'm sure they will have experienced various things and the housekeeper seemed to exactly know what it was going on when she went in even not be able to, to, to speak the language, she, she kind of gave the hand signals that, hey, you know, this place you shouldn't be, this room you shouldn't be living in, and even showed her the drawer full of talisman. The interesting thing is that Thailand has a culture of believing in superstitions. Uh, they also believe that spirits reside alongside with uh, us humans. I mean, that, that is with many other cultures as well. Um, but from the housekeeper's hand sign and body language, it was really quite a strong signal that there's something not right with the room. And it seemed like what we call a residual haunting, okay? Um, and in fact, you know, that, that's what they always say, that never ever argue with a hotel reception. There are some rooms where they know with problems. And they won't give out this room unless absolutely necessary. So please, guys, give everyone a break. Don't force the receptionist to give you something that is going to keep you up the entire evening. Residual hauntings are defined as entity or, or energy that has been trapped in that area. Could have been due to a violent or maybe a sudden death. 
where the soul doesn't even know that it's physically dead. So it tends to hang around the area where it last was because it's kind of like lost and entrapped in that area. And this can kind of somehow explain her similar but even more violent experience in Melbourne where the poltergeist actually slammed her queen-size bed against the windows. I mean, the queen-size bed is really heavy. Okay, the thing is, prisons are places where horrible tortures and death take place. So, so all this negative energy kind of builds up you know, with the, with the death and everything have resulted in, in that residual haunting of a place. And because of that level of negative energy, uh, that could have formed the, the, the level that a, a portrait activity can take place. Uh, portrait activity is defined where f- there's physical movement of objects. It may also seem that uh, Vienna might be more sensitive than most uh, of us uh, to the other world. And thus, these entities tend to come to her and try to communicate with her. Like in the Bangkok Hotel case, where maybe the entity was, you know, just trying to tell her, hey, you know, I think there's a tsunami coming, maybe you should want the rest. Yeah, so this is a really very, very interesting case. Supernatural Confessions When I first got the story from her, I felt that the phone call thing, that was a classic horror, right? Phone call ring in a hotel room in the middle of the night. You pick it up, you hear heavy burning. Oh, I love it, right? But the thing is, when she put down the phone, she plucked it out and the phone started ringing again. You know, this is scarier than, you know how we've, we've seen that that trope when it comes to horror movies, yeah. right? About how, you know, you, you see the TV come on and you pull out the switch, yeah. right? And then the TV's still on. But I feel, right, when it comes to phone, it's even scarier because you know there's someone still on the other yeah. end, right? Even if they're not talking, even if they're just going, <sighs> that's freaking yeah, creepy, yeah, yeah. La, seriously. It is, it is, it is. And I think Vania is very brave in, in, in staying there. And then when she heard the door open, so that was why I was very curious. If it's a ghost, oh God, I'm now sounding like E.T. If it's a ghost, it will not be opening the door and closing the door. It will just go through the door. So that's why when she said she heard a door closing and footsteps on the wooden panel, immediately I go like, could there be somebody else? But she's right on one thing. If I see a shadow, I would need to see an object in front of me based on where the light Mm. is for the object to cast a shadow. But if I see a shadow with no physical entity in front of me, now what's going to happen? So I was really hoping in some way to, not so much to debunk it, but to really get all the details as much as I can. So I asked her, I said, did you, were you tired? Because if you're going to Thailand, you might be tired, whole day of shopping, you're in your room, you hallucinate, right? Because if you don't give enough details, E.T. is going to say, I think it must be exhaustion. (laughs) <laughs> right? That's how E.T. says, right? No, no, no. And and to to actually validate yeah. the point that you just brought up, the other day I did come... See, not all of us are sounding like freaking E.T., right? <laughs> I came across an article about hallucinations, yeah. right? And how hallucinations can come in many forms. There are visual hallucinations and there are oral uh, hallucinations yeah. as well. Like, you know, you can hear stuff. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are crazy or that you have a mental disorder or that you're not on medication. Sometimes just... You know, maybe your your body chemistry is maybe out of sync. Maybe sometimes not enough sleep. Maybe pressure as well, air pressure as well, that can affect your body can result in these different types of hallucinations. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. So it is possible for hallucinations to affect many different people for all sorts of different reasons. It doesn't always have to be the hunting. (laughs) 
True. As, right? as, as we want to believe in that as well. And the one thing I asked her is, did you fall asleep midway and maybe you woke up? Maybe maybe it's a dream, right? But she said, no, she stayed up till daybreak. And I know many of us who are listening to this story now is, why would you stay in a hotel room eyeball to eyeball with a spirit who's laughing at you and not leave? Now, when I say this from experience and I, as I'm saying this, I'm recalling the time I was in a hotel room where I was scared. The TV turned on by itself. The water in the room turned on and off by itself. My partner in my room was possessed. She was mumbling. She was talking in a different voice. If you're listening to this as a third party, you said, Eugene, run, GTFO. But your sister is there. In my case, my partner was there. I was not about to leave the room, no matter how scared I was, when someone that you care about is in the same room as you. And you may be a mother, a father, or a very good friend, you would have some level of responsibility, I feel, at least, right? And that's the reason why you can try to overcome the fear. And when horror strikes, it's rarely as clear-cut as it is in horror movies, black and white. Horror appears, ah, spirit, therefore I'm gonna... This is only related in on hindsight. Remember, she was there for many hours having that ordeal. She's only sharing this information now years after it has passed. So you got to kind of imagine that the 20 years between then and now, she would relate it in a way that sounds a lot more braver than she was back then. But when you are in that spot, your mind, the human mind is going to find every single way possible to rationalize the experience. No one goes into a scenario, sees a ghost and go, ah, it must be a ghost and therefore I react in a uh, irrational manner. When you see something you cannot explain, an unnatural phenomenon as we call it, your first step is not to acknowledge it's a ghost because we are not trained for that. Your first step is to try to debunk it away by explaining everything possible. And when you can't, yeah. And you have someone to take care of like your sleeping sister you're going to borrow that sleeping form to give yourself the courage so i understand why she didn't run away and that's a big difference well, i guess i guess it works both yeah. ways right i mean on one hand yes you you might freak the f out you could be the most rational <laughs> person right you you could be uh someone who has been very scientific in every facet of his life but suddenly when you see something you just cannot explain you don't really know how you're going to react yeah. you could just flip the f out but on the but conversely you could also find strength in places that you never thought you would yes. right here is one thing that i i wanted to bring up mm. you know back to that question about how why didn't she just leave at the very beginning of the uh, of the story she said this was the day before the tsunami mm. maybe it's a good thing she didn't leave yeah. and go to another hotel yeah. Because we don't know where she could have ended yeah, up. That's true. She may not be here today to tell the tale if she actually had just GTFO'd and left that hotel. Supernatural Confessions. Before we end this episode, we have one more confession from Jonathan. I used to live in my parents' place for 26 years in Yishun. When I was in primary five, I was holding on to a Nokia 6610. Back then, I could only afford prepaid SIM cards. And when my credit was low, only messages could get through, not calls. Now one night while I was sleeping, I heard my phone ringing. But I knew that my credit was low, and it wasn't possible for anyone to call through. I decided to pick up the call. Now the person on the other end was speaking in a dialect which I couldn't understand. 
Stranger still, throughout the entire call, I couldn't move or even scream. Only after the person said goodbye in Chinese could I move again, and I remember clearly, my hand was still in the same position holding the phone to my ear. I truly believe this wasn't a dream. It was too real. And that was my first encounter with sleep paralysis. Supernatural Confessions Don't look behind you. And that concludes this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a 5-star rating or review wherever you're listening from. Supernatural Confessions, the podcast, is free to listen to on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever podcasts are played. You can also share our podcast and our content with your friends and help us grow our network of Supernatural fans and enthusiasts. For more information on what we do and where we do it, like us on Facebook and visit SupernaturalConfessions.com. Until our next installment, my name is Tim O. And this is Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions. Confessions.